Chapter 15 of The Prelude to Adventure by Hugh Walpole. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 15 Prelude to a Journey. 1. He had a bath, changed his clothes, and sitting before his fire, waited. As he looked around his room, he knew that he was leaving it forever. Whatever might be the issue of his conversation with Rupert, he knew that that at any rate was true. He would never return here again or he would not return until he had worked out his duty he looked about him regretfully he had grown very fond of that room and the things in it the shape of it the books the blue bowls the bright fire egidius but he would take egidius with him he looked last at the photograph of his father the rocky eyes the flowing beard the massive shoulders it was back to him that he was going and he would walk all the way walking alone he would listen he would watch he would wait and then in that great silence he would be told what he must do in the pleasant crackle of the fire in the shaded light of the lamp in the starlit silence of the college courts there seemed such safety in his heart there was such happiness in that moment of waiting for rupert craven to come he learnt once and for all that in very truth there is no gift no reward no joy that can equal the peace of god nor is there any temporal danger disease or agony that can threaten its power as the last notes of the clock in outer court striking five died away rupert craven came in if he had seemed tired and worn out before now the overwhelming impression that he gave was of an unhappiness from which he seemed to have no outlet he was young enough to be tormented by the determination to do the right thing he was young enough to give his whole devotion to his sister he was young enough to admire against all determination olva's presence and prowess and silence he was young enough to be haunted night and day by the terrors of his imagination he was young enough to be amazed at finding the world a place of life and death he was young enough finally to be staggered that he personally should be drawn into the struggle but now just now as he stood in the doorway he was simply tired tired out he pulled himself together with the obvious intention of being cold and fierce and judicial he had cornered dune at last he had driven him to confession he was a fine fellow a kind of fate the supreme judge this is what he doubtless desired to feel but he wished that dune had not played so wonderful a game that afternoon that dune did not now at this moment of complete disaster and ruin look so strangely happy that he were himself not so utterly wretched and conscious of his own failure to do anything as it ought to be done he did his best he refused to sit down he remained as still as possible he looked over dune's head in order to avoid those shining eyes the eyes caught him craven why have you been badgering the wretched bunning i thought you asked me to come here to tell me something i didn't come to answer questions we'll come to my part of it in a moment but i think it's only fair to answer me first what have you got to do with bunning that's not immediately the point the thing i want to know is why you should have chosen during the last week to go and torment the hapless bunning until you've had all but driven him out of his wits i don't see what it's got to do with you 
it's got this much to do with me that he came to me this morning with a story so absurd that it proves that he can't be altogether right in his head he told me that he had confided this absurd story to you there was no answer i don't suppose olva went on at last gently that we've either of us got very much time and there's a great deal to be done so let's go straight to it bunning told me this morning that he declared to you yesterday that he of all people in the world had murdered carfax yes at last craven sullenly muttered he told me that and of course you didn't believe it i didn't believe that he'd done it no but he knows who did do it he's got all the details someone has told him craven was trembling olva pushed a chair towards him look here you'd better sit down craven sat down i know that someone told him olva said quietly because i told him then you know who craven's voice was a whisper i know said olva because it was i who killed carfax craven took it the moment for which he'd been waiting so long in the most amazing way oh he cried like a child who has cut its finger oh i wish you hadn't there was the whole of craven's young struggle with an astounding world in that cry then after that there was a long silence and had some one come into the room he would have looked at the two men before the fire and have supposed that they were gently and comfortably falling off to sleep olva at last said of course i know that you have suspected me for a long time everything played into your hands i have done my very utmost to prevent your having positive proof of the thing but that part of the business is now done with you know and you can do what you please with the knowledge but now that the moment had come rupert craven could do nothing with it i don't want to do anything he muttered at last i'm not up to doing anything i don't understand it i'm not the sort of fellow who ought to be in this kind of a thing at all that was how he now saw it as an unfair advantage that had been taken of him this point of view changed his position to the extent of his now almost appealing to olva to help him out of it your telling me like that has made it all so difficult i feel now suddenly as though i hated carfax and hadn't the least objection to somebody doing for him and that's all wrong murder's an awful thing one ought to feel bad about it then finally with the cry of a child in the dark but this isn't life it never has been life since that day i heard of carfax being killed it's the sort of thing it's been for weeks the sort of thing that you read of in books or see at the adelphi and i'm not that kind of fellow i tell you i've been mad all this last month getting it on the brain seeing things night and day my one idea was to make you own up to it but i never thought of what was going to happen when you did olva let him work it out of course i never thought of you for an instant as the man until that afternoon when you talked in your sleep then i began to think and i remembered what carfax had said about your hating him then i went with your dog for a walk and we found your matchbox after that i noticed all sorts of things and at the same time i saw that you were in love with margaret that made me mad my sister is everything in the world to me and it seemed to me that she should marry a fellow who without knowing i began to be ill with it and yet i hadn't any real reason to bring forward 
you wanted me to show my cards but i wouldn't sometimes i thought i really was going mad then two things made me desperate i saw that you had some secret understanding with my mother and i saw that my sister loved you we'd always been tremendous pals we three and it seemed as though everyone were siding against me i saw margaret marrying you and mother letting her although she knew it was awful hell he pressed his hands together his voice shook i'd never been in anything before no kind of trouble and now it seemed to put me right on one side i couldn't see straight one moment i hated you then i admired you and the oddest thing of all was that i didn't think about the actual thing your having killed carfax at all everything else was so much more important i just wanted to be sure that you'd done it and then for you to go away and never see any of us again olva smiled yes he said but it wasn't until the fifth of november the rag night that i was quite sure i knew then when i saw you hitting that fellow that you'd killed carfax but of course that wasn't proof then i noticed spunning i saw that he was always with you and of course it was an odd sort of friendship for you to have i could see too that he'd got something on his mind i went for him it was all easy enough and at last he broke down then i'd got you you've got me said olva rupert looked him slowly in the face you're wonderful then he added almost wistfully if margaret hadn't loved you it wouldn't really any of it have mattered i suppose that's very immoral but that's what it comes to margaret's everything in the world to me and you must tell her of course i will tell her olva said that's what i ought to have done from the beginning that's what i was meant to do but i had to be driven to it what will you do craven if it doesn't matter to her if she doesn't care whether i kill carfax or no at least you'll have told her the boy replied firmly at least she'll know then it's for her to decide she'll do the right thing he ended proudly and what do you think that is olva asked him i don't know he answered this seems to have altered everything i ought now to be hating you i don't i ought to shudder at the sight of you i don't the carfax business seems to have slipped right back to be ages ago not to matter all i suppose i wanted was to be reassured about you if margaret loved you and now i am reassured i believe you know what to do yes i know what to do said olva i'm going away to-morrow for a long time i shall always love margaret there can never be any one else but i shall not marry her unless i can come back cleared and who what can clear you ah who knows there'll be something for me to do i expect i will see margaret to-morrow and say good-bye craven's face was white the eyelids had almost closed his head hung forward as though it were too heavy to support i'm just about done he murmured just about done it's been all a beastly dream and now you're all right you and margaret i haven't got to bother about her any more two after hall olva went to cardiac's room for the last time no one there knew that it was for the last time it seemed to them all that he was just beginning to come out to be one of them 
the football match of that afternoon had been wonderful enough for anything and the excitement of it lingered still about cardiac's rooms thick now with tobacco smoke crowded with men noisy with laughter the air was so strong with smoke the light so dim the voices so many that olva finding a corner near an open window slipped it might almost seem from the world outside the snow threatening all day now fell heavily the old court took it with a gentleness that showed that the snow was meant for it and the snow covered the grey roofs and the smooth grass with a satisfaction that could almost be heard so deep was it just this little window-pane between the world that olva was leaving and the world to which he was going he caught fragments just that last run oh gorgeous but old snodgy says that that horse of his my dear fellow you take it from me they can't get on without it now a girl i know they fairly fell upon one another's necks and hugged talk of the fatted calf now i'll ask the governor around him there came with a poignancy a beauty that now that he was to lose it all was like a wound the wonder of this cambridge then he had it the marvellous moment on the other side of the window the still court a few twinkling lights the powdering snow and here the vitality the energy the glowing sense of two thousand souls marching together upon life and seizing it with a shout lifting it stepping out with it as though it were one long glory afterwards what matter there had been the moment never to be forgotten cambridge the beautiful threshold for an instant the sense of his own forthcoming journey away from life as it seemed to him caught him as he sat there what will god do with me from the outer world through the whispering snow he caught the echo of the voice my son my son soon he heard lawrence's tremendous laugh where's doon is he here lawrence found him and sat down beside him by jupiter old man i was frightened for you this afternoon until half-time you were drugged or something and there was i praying to my druids all i was worth to put back into you and my word they did it talk about that second half never saw anything like it have a drink old man no thanks yes i didn't seem to get on to it at all at first well you've fixed for queen's club just heard got your blue all right you and whimper ought to do fine things between you although stickin two individualists together on the same wing like that ain't exactly my idea and they don't as a rule settle the team as early as this lawrence put a large hand on olva's knee goin home for christmas he said i expect so well you see i've got a sort of idea i wish this vac you'd come and stay with us for a bit good old sorts my people governor quite a brainy man and you could talk you two there'll be lots of people tumbling about the place lots going on and the governor'll like to have a sensible feller once in a way and i'd like it too he ended at the bottom of his gruff voice well you see olva explained it depends a bit on my own father he's all alone up there at our place and i like to be with him as much as possible olva looked through the window at the snow gray against the sky white against the college walls i don't quite know where i shall be i think you must let me write to you 
oh that's all right said lawrence i want you to come along sometime you'd like the governor and if you don't mind listening to an ass like me well i'd take it as an honor if you'd talk to me a bit as Ova looked Lawrence in the eyes, he knew that it would be well with him if, in his journey through the world, he met again so good a soul. Cardiac joined them, and they all talked for a little. Then Ova said good night. He turned for a moment at the door and looked back. Someone at the other end of the room was singing Egypt to a cracked piano, a babble of laughter, of chatter. Every now and again, men tumbled against one another like cubs in a cave and rolled upon the floor. Lawrence, his feet planted wide apart, was standing in the middle of an admiring circle, explaining something very slowly. If the old scrum half, he was saying, only stood back enough. What a splendid lot they were! What a life it was! So much joy in the heart of so much beauty! Cambridge. As he crossed the white court, the strains of Egypt came, like a farewell, through the tumbling snow. There was still a thing that he must do. He went to say good-bye to Bunning. He thought with surprise, as he climbed the stairs, that this was the first time that he'd ever been to Bunning's room. It had always been Bunning who had come to him. He would always see that picture, Bunning standing clumsily, awkwardly in the doorway. Poor Bunning! When Olva came in, he was sitting in a very old armchair, staring into the fire, his hair on end and his tie above his collar. Olva watched him for a moment, the face, the body, everything about him, utterly dejected. The sound of Olva's entrance did not at once rouse him. When at last he saw who it was, he started up, his face flushing crimson. "'You!' he cried oh yes said olva i've come to tell you that everything's all right for a moment light touched bunning's eyes then slowly he shook his head things can't be all right it's gone much too far my dear bunning i've seen craven i've told him i assure you that all is well you told him everything that i killed carfax he knew it of course long ago he went fast asleep at the end of it bunning shook his head again wearily it's all no good you're saying these things to comfort me even if craven didn't do anything he wouldn't let you marry his sister now that's more important than being hung if it hadn't been for you olva said slowly i should have gone on wriggling you've made me come out into the open i'm going to tell miss craven everything to-morrow what will she do i don't know she'll do the right thing after that i'm going away going away yes i want to think about things i've never thought about anything except myself i'm going to tramp at home and after that i shall find out what i'm going to do and miss craven i shall come back to her one day when i'm fit for it or rather if i'm fit for it but that's enough about myself i only wanted to tell you bunning before i go that i shall never forget your telling craven you're lucky to have been able to do so fine a thing. We shall meet again later on. I'll see to that. Bunning, his whole body strung to a desperate appeal, caught Olva's hand. Take me with you, Dune. Take me with you. I'll be your servant. Anything you like. I'll do anything if you'll let me come. I won't be a nuisance. I'll never talk if you don't want me to. I'll do everything you tell me. Only let me come. You're the only person who's ever shown me what I might do. I might be of use if I were with you. 
otherwise rot bunning you've got plenty to do here i'm no good yet for anybody one day perhaps we'll meet again i'll write to you i promise not to forget you how could i and one day i'll come back bunning moved away his head hanging you must think me an awful fool of course you do i am i suppose i'd be awful to be with for long at a time of course i see that but i don't know what to do if i go home and tell them i'm not going to be a parson it'll be terrible they'll all be at me not directly they won't say anything but they'll have people to talk to me they'll fill the house they won't spare any pains and then at last being all alone i shall give in i know i shall i'm not clever or strong and i shall be ordained and then it'll be hell i can see it all you came into my life and made it all different and now you're going out of it again and it will be worse than ever i won't go out of it said olva i'll write if you'd like and perhaps we'll meet i'll be always your friend and look here i'll tell margaret miss craven about you and she'll ask you to go and see her and if you two are friends it'll be a kind of alliance between all of us won't it bunning was happier oh but she'll think me such an ass oh no she won't she's much too clever and bunning don't let yourself be driven by people stick to the thing you want to do you'll find something all right just go on here and wait until you're shown sit with your ears open bunning filled his mouth with toast if you'll write to me and keep up with me i'll do anything and one thing don't tell anyone i'm going i shall just slip out of college early the day after tomorrow. i don't want anyone to know it's nobody's affair but mine then he held out his hand good-bye bunning old man good-bye said bunning when olva had gone he sat down by the fire again staring some hours afterwards he spoke suddenly aloud i can stand the lot of them now and then he went to bed End of chapter 15